Hey everyone, welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jillian Pelkey, and if you are joining us for the first time and would like to catch past episodes of the Activate Podcast, you can find them on soundcloud.com or on iTunes by searching Jillian Pelkey Activate. If you've been with the podcast for a long time, welcome back. Uh, Today, I feel like the Lord has uh, laid a verse on my heart to share with everyone, and I'm excited to do that. So before we begin, let's bow our hearts and our our heads. Let's, Let's take a moment and go before God together. God, I thank you for these moments. God, I thank you for each person that's listening, whether they're listening while they do housework or while they exercise or while they're able to sit and be calm. God, whatever they're doing, God, I pray, Lord, that you would open up our hearts to hear a word from you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak through me. God, use me as a vessel, God, to speak your words. God, I thank you for all the ways that you have provided for each and every person uh, during this crisis that our, our nation is facing. God, I thank you for... Uh, coming alongside and showing up in ways that are are so important to each one of us. God, we thank you that you never change, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You don't change like shifting shadows that are one way and then a different way so quickly. God, you are the same. And God, I thank you that you are a rock that never moves. God, I thank you that the righteous can run to you and be safe. And Lord, I thank you for the safety of your word. I thank you for the safety of your promises. And Lord, today we trust in you. So God, I pray that you would speak to us now in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, we are facing some interesting times and um, I would guess that many of us are not going to be in a church building on Sunday. And it's a wonderful thing. I think when we can stop and it's almost like instead of just living in our lives, we've taken this pause and we can kind of stand out on a balcony and look out over our lives and kind of observe from a distance. You know, when you stand out on a balcony, you can see further, you can see more of the big picture. And I think that's what the opportunity that we have before us is as we take this pause, we can see from the balcony uh, what our lives are really made of. And a lot of our lives, my life, made from events and uh, appointments and meetings and It is a great opportunity to pause and to realize that our lives are made up of relationships and time spent with God. Our lives are made up of, uh, of things that are so much deeper than being at soccer practice or rushing from one thing to the next or having um, events uh, hanging over us that will, will be coming up. It's just so freeing to realize that the things that matter or the people around us and our Heavenly Father. So I'm hoping that during this, this time that you're taking extra time with God, that you're taking extra time to call people, to write to people, to, um, to be with Jesus. So today we're going to take a look at the book of John, chapter 6, and we're going to be looking at verses 25 all the way through 59. So uh, if you have your Bible, grab your Bible. We're going to be looking right at that and talking about that. We went to the store yesterday and we were looking for just a couple items that we didn't have. And one of them was bread, just regular sliced bread. And we went down the aisle and there was no bread in the aisle. There were um, no hot dog rolls. There, that, Like the whole aisle was cleared out. There was no bread. And um, I feel like in that moment, if we had found a loaf of bread, that would be a miracle. And... Uh, 
But it's funny how we use that word so lightly. A miracle, you know, a real miracle in the Bible was something that defied science. And uh, there are some real miracles happening in John chapter 6. And in John chapter 6, we're going to focus in on the bread of life, finding bread that's always there, and that's in Jesus. So let's take a look at some real miracles uh, that happen in John chapter 6. We see some big miracles, those miracles that you just can't deny. And the first one was that Jesus fed 5,000 men plus women and children that were gathered around while he was preaching. And he fed them through just a few loaves of bread and a few fish, but he multiplied those out. And so the people all had enough to eat. It says they had their fill. And this was a miracle that could not be denied. This was a miracle that jolted and changed people. It was something that opened their eyes to this man who was preaching and proclaiming uh, the, the gospel to them was not just an ordinary person, but something miraculous was in him. The power of God was in him. And then uh, he leaves to go to a place to pray and the rest of his disciples go on a boat. And in the middle of the night, Jesus comes to them walking on the water. This was another miracle that was uh, could not be denied. This wasn't a slow drip kind of thing. Oh, I see what happened. I see how God did that. No, this was a, a miracle that was marked in time that um, defied scientific um, explanation. It defied what people know to be true. Jesus was literally walking on top of water across a lake. I've never seen anyone do that before unless the water was frozen. And so this was a miracle of miracles. So the disciples saw him with the crowd, saw, saw him feed the 5,000 plus women and children. Then they saw him walk on water and come to them uh, on the boat. After this, Jesus goes to begin to preach in the synagogue. And the people who had been fed the, the loaves and the fish uh, over on the other side of the lake finally caught up and they got there and they came to Jesus. And we're going to start here in verse 25. These people come to Jesus. They had seen the big miracle of him feeding. Now the disciples had seen both miracles of him feeding them and walking on water. And verse 25, we're going to pick up there. And this we're talking about the people who had seen, seen him feed them. He said, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. So Jesus is saying, you're coming after me, not because you saw this black and white miracle, not because you saw this crazy thing. It's because your hearts were filled up and you were satisfied. So you're going to go after something that satisfied you. Verse 27 and here's where we're going to settle in for a few minutes. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. Let's set there right for a second. Do not work for food that spoils, but work for food that endures to eternal life. What does that mean? It's saying, do not work for things of this world, but work for, for spiritual things. And in these days where we're um, in self-quarantines and in these days where we're um, having a moment to pause and reflect on our lives, we have to ask our, ourselves, what are we working for? Are we working for food that will satisfy us in this life? Or are we working for things that are spiritual? There's no in-between. Are we living for this world or are we living for God? 
There's no in-between. Many of us are living for things of this world. And I hope that during this time, we take a pause and we look and we say, what is more important? What is most important? Is it God or is it all these activities that I do? We say, well, I have to do this activity and I have to do that activity. What is our aim? What are we working for? For God or for our lives here on earth? We can turn this off right now. If you're done right now, turn this podcast off and begin to just ponder that thought. Am I working for things of this world or working for things of the spirit? But we'll go on. It says in verse 27, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you. Now that changes what we just talked about. The question was, do you work for things of this earth or things of the spirit? But it says, if you work for things of the spirit, it's things that God himself through Jesus will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. So God's seal of approval is on Jesus. It's saying that Jesus will give you what you need to work for eternal things. Jesus will give you what you need to work for spiritual things. Verse 28, then they asked him, what must we do to do the work God requires? What what must we do to do the work that God requires? So our first question here this morning is, am I working for God or am I working for things of this world? And now the second question is, well, what are the things that I need to do to work for God? Am I working for the world or for God? And then what are the things I need to do to work for God? Jesus answers, verse 29, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. That's simple, and we can all understand it. To believe in Jesus is the work of God. Now, if we believe in Jesus, there are things that follow that. But we have to settle in there first. Do I believe in Jesus? If I believe in Jesus, that means I want to be like him. That means I I give him control to be not just the savior of my soul, but also the Lord of my everyday life, the one who's in charge of my schedule, my finances, my relationships, every part of me is then laid bare before God. Is God in charge of all of that? The work of God is this, to believe in Jesus. Verse 30, so they asked him, what sign then will you give us so that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So the people are now saying, okay, if you want us to believe in you, Jesus, do a miraculous sign. Even though he had already done one, even though he had already fed those very people, even though he had already walked on water, they're asking for another sign. And I dare say that we are doing the same thing today in 2020, in March of 2020. We're saying, God, you have proved yourself. You have died on a cross, raised again. You have given us eternal life. You have saved us at our point of salvation. But now today we're asking for another sign. Verse 29, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. That's the work of God. The work of God today in 2020, in March of 2020, is this, to believe in Jesus, to trust in Jesus, to be like Jesus, not asking for another sign. God, I'll really know that you're here during this crisis if you give me, you know, 16 rolls of toilet paper. God, I will really believe in you if when I get to the grocery store, I find this amount of uh, of chicken on the shelf. 
God, I'll really believe in you if you show me another sign, another miracle. The work of God is this. Do you believe in God? He has already proven himself. Do you believe in God? Are you working for things of this world or are you working for spiritual things? And then the work of God is this, to believe in Jesus. So these people, they said, show us another sign. You know, our our ancestors had manna come from heaven. And he's referring to Moses with the Israelites when they left Egypt. God provided manna from heaven. It was this bread that literally appeared uh, in the morning. And it was like this soft bread type thing that tasted like honey. And the people would pick it up every day. And they would have enough for that day. And it was provided by God. If they took too much, it would go moldy right away. They had enough for that day. So it's gathering enough for that day. Now, Jesus, he said, and so they're saying, why don't, why don't you do that for us now? And then in, in verse 32, Jesus says to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. So Jesus is saying, you don't need another miracle. You don't need another sign. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is our manna. Jesus is our enough for today. We don't need to gather up extra for tomorrow of Jesus because Jesus will be here tomorrow. Jesus is enough for us in this day. Let's go on and read verse 34. 34 says, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, and you have seen me, you still do not believe. So Jesus is saying, I am enough for you for today. I have given myself to you. I am the miraculous bread of life. But some of you don't believe in me. Even though they saw him face to face, they could reach out their hand and physically touch him. They did not believe in who he was. And today, in March 2020, we have to believe who God is. Even though we cannot physically see him and reach out and touch him, we have to believe that Jesus is enough for the hunger in our souls and the thirst that we have. Let's skip down to verse 51. Jesus again says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And this is where we have to translate a little bit. What does it mean to eat of Jesus? (laughs) What does it mean to eat that bread? So the manna that the Israelites had with Moses was physical bread that they could actually pick up and eat. It was physical bread that they could actually see with their eyes, taste with their mouth. We have Jesus as the bread of life. What does it mean to eat of that living bread? He says there'll always be enough of him. What does it mean to eat of the bread of Jesus? It means 
that when we call to him, he will answer us. It means when we seek him, we will find him. It means that he is alive and active through the Bible and through prayer. It means that when we call to God and we say, God, I need direction, he'll answer us. It means that when we uh, are in need, we can ask of him. But more than that, it means when we need nothing, when we ask of nothing, we go to the Father, we go to Jesus, and we sit in his presence, and we learn peace. We learn stillness. We learn of eternal things, of spiritual things. We become the spiritual people we are because we sit in the presence of God every day. When I sit in the presence of Jesus, when I close my eyes and close off the rest of the world, when I fix my eyes on spiritual things, when I fix my eyes on spiritual things, I have life and peace. We can eat of Jesus every day by being with him, learning from him. It's like we get to go and sit in the throne room of God and sit at his feet and learn while he teaches us. Because as we sit quietly before God, he talks to us. He teaches us. He mentors us. He coaches us. He consults with us. He counsels us. He gives our souls rest. So to eat of this living bread would mean to be sitting in prayer quietly and letting God minister over us, teach us. It means that when we open the Bible, we're eating the words of God. It's our lifeblood. It's our, it's our, it's our everything. And then we're going to skip down to uh, verse 57. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Whoever feeds on the living bread, whoever feeds on Jesus will live forever. Who are you working and toiling for and spending your life for? The world or God? Your own desires, a bigger house, a nicer car, a house on the lake, a pension. Who are you living for? Are you working for food that spoils? Are you working for things that will endure into an eternal life? How do I work for things that that go towards an eternal life? Well, you believe in Jesus. You eat of Jesus every day. He's the living bread. He's the one that we sit before. We set ourselves before and we say, God, speak to us. We commune with God. We speak. We pour ourselves out before and we listen. We're silent before him. And he feeds us through his word. He feeds us through literally speaking to us in our minds or speaking us through the Bible because he's living bread. We go to him and we aren't thirsty when we get up from our prayer time. We're not hungry when we get up from our prayer time. And I'm not talking about physical thirst and physical hunger. I'm talking about spiritual thirst and spiritual hunger. When we get up from our prayer time with Jesus, we're full. When we get up from that time where we have peace that passes 
worldly understanding. So worldly understanding goes so far, but the peace that God gives passes that. It can't be comprehended by the world because it's so much bigger. It's like taking somebody who's in kindergarten math and saying, your math goes this far. You understand it. And then you take someone who's in calculus and you say their math goes way beyond kindergarten math. It doesn't even compare. It passes the understanding of kindergarten math. The peace that God gives passes worldly understanding. Worldly understanding only goes this far. But the understanding of spiritual things, spiritual wisdom and understanding surpasses everything else by far. And if we would find ourselves in the presence of Jesus, if we would do eternal work, and eternal work is to believe in Jesus. Believing in Jesus means that he is the Lord of our every single day life. He is the Lord of our lives in in 1998. He's the Lord of our lives in the year 2000. He's the Lord of our lives in 2020 with this virus. And he'll be the Lord of our life come tornado or drought or lack or plenty or whatever happens. He will be the Lord of our lives who will guide us into all peace. It says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. This world is temporary. We eat from the bread that is supernatural bread, which is Jesus. We now have a new manna, which is the bread of life, which is Jesus. We eat of him. We drink of him. It says to eat of him. He's the living bread. It says his blood uh, is, is our we should drink of his blood. And that's not some vampire reference. That means that when we have communion, it means when uh, we focus in on the promise that by his blood, sacrifice on the cross, by his death, burial, and resurrection, we are set free from the power of sin in our lives. So we eat of him daily. We get our sustenance from him, but we also rest on the promise that was made by his blood sacrifice that there is no more sin in me. I am righteous, set free from the bondage of sin and death. And now I, I will live an eternal life, an eternal life. The bread that's come down from heaven, Jesus, and it's available to every single one of us. I want to encourage you to live for spiritual things. I want to encourage you to believe on Jesus Christ today. I want to encourage you to eat of Jesus Christ today by reading the Bible, by sitting in his presence quietly and gaining the peace that passes worldly understanding. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he promises us to lead us and guide us by his word and by the Holy Spirit. So today... Um, Read through John chapter 6. Remind yourself of the great flashy miracle of, of feeding 5,000 plus people. Remind yourself of the great flashy miracle of Jesus walking on water. Remind yourself of the even greater, the greatest miracle, Jesus dying on a cross. And then believe in him. Eat on that truth. Eat on the truth of God. Drink of the, the truth of Jesus' blood forgiving your sins. And now you are an agent of righteousness in this world. I believe that God wants to use his church, you and me, in mighty ways during these situations. But he also wants us to take a look at our own lives and say, where have we begun to wander away from the purposes and plans that God has for us while on this earth? 
So take time to love God by spending time with him. Take time to love your neighbors by reaching out to them in phone calls and texts and emails and Facebooks and Facebook messages and find time in these next few weeks to reevaluate everything and live for Jesus. Live for Jesus. That makes an eternal difference. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. Your word soothes us. Your word reminds us of things that are bigger than ourselves. Jesus, I thank you for who you are in our daily lives. Jesus, I thank you that you are the bread of life come down from heaven. God, I thank you that you are a better manna than the manna that they found in the wilderness. We thank you that you are our sustenance. God, that you are enough. We come to you and we are full spiritually. We come to you and we have more than we ever thought we ever needed. God, I thank you that you satisfy our souls. We thank you that your burden is light, that your yoke is easy. God, I thank you that we can drink of you and we are full and satisfied. We thank you for your blood that set us free from every sin, every curse, that set us free from death. Lord, we thank you that today we are secure in knowing that we have eternal life. And God, I pray that more than anything today, we would believe on you and be changed. Jesus, thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.